Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're coming to you from Crowdcast, a.k.a. The Cast, YouTube, a.k.a. The Tube, or later on iTunes, a.k.a. The Tunes, Stitcher, a.k.a. The Titcher, uh, Spotify, a.k.a. The Totify. Is yet or what? 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 These are, he, this is, these are just the names that we have to say by contract. We do mm-hmm. not have to say them all. Yes, uh, yeah, Spotify told us we had to say that they're called Tune in, aka the Unin, or check it out on your RSS. The nope, not gonna do that. No, <laughs> not gonna do that Guys, we have a packed show for you tonight. So much stuff going on. Two great guests are in the show, but first, it is that time that right. we pay tribute. To our mm. excellent Patreon supporters, the people excellent. who excellent, excellent, uh, who keep the show going for real, we would not be able to do it without all of them. Because every bit of money that comes in goes straight into supporting and keeping straight the show and all show. of the podcasts we do going. If you'd like to support it, Patreon.com/slash/ComicBookClub. But anybody five dollars or above a month. We give them a shout out, a thank you here on the show. So we definitely work this out beforehand. I don't need to say this, but I'll go first. Pete can go second, and the Justin. Are you scared, Alex? It's our first October show. I thought I am in costume, so that's probably pretty scary. So we're going to kick it off with Aaron C. Hollis, Adam Marks, Adriel Moreland, Elena Fontenot. Amanda Harris, Amy Gonzalez, Andrew Edge, Andrew Primo, Andrew Tillman, Beercat PhD, Benjamin Brown, Carly W, Christina Jaramillo, Chris Terrazini, <laughs> Clemens Luer, Curtis Larock, Deman Ryan, Dan Snow, Daniel Fuentes, Daniel Pete something Cabrera. It's it's it. Daniel. Pete the Poodle, hashtag Pete the Poodle Cabral. Hashtag Pete the Poodle. Uh, That means it's real. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Dylan LJ. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Aaron Dorian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard de Villiers. Isaac Carter. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. John George. Jonathan John. Jonathan McCool. Joshua Gibson. Joshua W. Broxson. Catherine Anenson. KC Newhaven. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Kyle. Lee Brown. The name I always get, Leewana Thomas. <laughs> Lucas Inc. Mark Carillo. Mark Zeller. Matt Tice. Megan Thigpen. Michael Tillman. Mitchell McDonald. Nathan Diaz. Nelson Martinez. Nick Grayson. Off-White Savior. Official CBC chef and uh, feist beer uh, magnate Brett Macris. Omnia Soul Art. Oren Dix. Pablo Martinez. Pedro A. Wrangle. Perry Talaferro. Pete's Pretty Kitty. Primetime Polly G. Rev Mikey. Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Steve Cook. Mila Rush. Taylor Bryan. The Big Flood. The Twelve Bench. Victor Perez. Well, Buchanan. And of course, Zika's Viral Comics, baby. Yeah, thank you for real to all of you for supporting the show. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, Again, we could not keep all of these things going without all of your great support, whether you're at the $5 level or above or below um, every single dollar counts. So again, if you want to support it, patreon.com slash comic book club. Now 
later in the show. Yes, Justin, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you can get your name there to have Pete slightly mispronounce or have to say something funny about himself. There you go. Feel, feel free to throw a nickname in there. Alex gave a great example of nicknames for um, podcast websites earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so later in the show, we are going to have Corin Shadby is going to be here to talk about his book, Lugosi, based on Bell and Lugosi. But first... We are going to invite our first guest here. Her name is Sophie Escabase. Hopefully I didn't mangle that name, but she is the creator of Witches of Brooklyn. What the Hex from Random House Graphic Novels, officially helping us kick off spooky season here on Comic Book Club with the spooky graphic novels. Sophie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, guys. And thank you to all the supporters. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Doing Love the it. business. Absolutely. Now, Sophie, so this is the sequel to what the heck? Uh, sorry, uh, what, which is a Brooklyn? Sorry, I got that. That's wrong. the second one. What the yes. heck is the second one? There you go. I mixed it up. Was prepared. Was prepared. I got very distracted with all the names we were saying. Oh but yeah. so you are? Did you live in Brooklyn at one point? I did. I okay. Did, uh, right. For about thirteen years. Oh wow! And we just moved. I mean, just a year ago, we we crossed the border, and it's. Establish yourself in Canada. <laughs> oh, nice. So not to get too in the weeds here, but I lived in Park Slope for the past 10 years. And now I live in Sunset Park in Brooklyn. Do you mind if I ask where I you were located and where potentially you based, which is in Brooklyn? Alors, um, yeah, I mean, I moved in 13 years. I moved quite a lot in Brooklyn. Sure, you have to. Yeah, like nice. everyone else, you know, yeah, yeah. started. I mean, when we, uh, when we had our first child, we were living in Cobber Hill and then moved to Park Slope when the second one arrived. And when the third one arrived, we were like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the official, that's the official sound effect of having a third child. By the way. Yeah. 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 You're like, <gasps> yeah. Uh, yeah. We moved to Dismas Park and that's where, oh, yeah. that's where the, the witches live. In fact, that's uh, oh, nice. when I, when we landed in Dismas Park, uh, walking around with the kids, we were like, look at all these old houses. I mean, there must yeah. be is living around. So, so did it start then with a conversation with your kids and kind of speculating there and spun off into a graphic novel or was there a specific germ, a specific house or place that gave that inspiration? I mean, there is a specific like germ and it's a, uh, I mean, it's not a right word. Seed, it's better. Seed. Uh, it's it's a sketch. It all started with one sketch uh, that I wasn't planning to go anywhere at first. It's just like it's a sketch that I made of silly man, like the, the one of the old lady who's like with a screwdriver trying to take something off uh, the jaw of a huge gigantic lion. Mm. And uh, and I don't know why I was just like, hey, that's fun. I mean, I like that character, and uh, and I felt that there was uh, there were a lot of seeds of story, you know, mm. in, in that drawing. And I, I I did like first I did like a quick story with her and and Diane and then her friend. And little by little, you know, like moving to Dismas, I was just like, yeah. That's the perfect setting because, you know, you want witches, you want Brooklyn, but you're like, where can I fit witches? I, I wasn't seeing them really living in a, either a brownstone or like a modern building. There was no way. And then Dismas Park, I was just like, yes, that's 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 it. That's it. For for those of us who don't live in Dismas Park, um, can you tell us about the weird, because I know there are a lot of houses that just are wildly different from each other. Yeah, on yeah it's just like a lot of old Victorian houses, like independent houses with like gardens, like, and yeah, yeah and all those houses are like their personality, you know, like colors and all like the woodwork. And it's it's pretty cool. You should go around, above, around Halloween. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's also a lot of weird gardens with that. That's the part to me that has adds this spooky element of like what's yeah. back there. They're f- fenced with like vines reaching over. It's a, it's a wild place. Well, what about witches then? Because this is something that comes up a lot on the show. <laughs> <laughs> there's witches. there's a lot of different takes on witches. There's a lot of different ways of hitting magic and coming up with the rules of magic. So, what was important to you in setting up this world magically? versus just Brooklyn-y. Well, that's really what, I mean, the witch is probably like the magic, I mean, the, the creator of legend, uh, of stories that 
really, I mean, at least for me, stands, you know, rooted in reality, but holding magic in her hand. Mm-hmm. Or rather, she mm-hmm. have like magic in one hand and reality in the other. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, there's this bridge, you know, and I've, I guess it really, really excites my imagination to have like those two things like mixed together. And so, so why, why witches? Because, uh, yeah, because they're creature of magic and, and, and they're like really in touch with their like, uh, inner spirit and with nature and, uh, and uh, what was your question again? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, let me, let me throw ahead, something in there because because I actually I really love that answer that witches are have one hand in the magic world and one hand in in the real world. Like mm-hmm. traditionally, they're sort of doing magic at night, you know, in secret to affect the world around them to like bring justice to something that is bad or or do harm to someone. So like, mm-hmm. I really like that interplay. I think that plays really well in Brooklyn uh, too. Yeah. And, and like my witches are very much in line with your traditional witch, you know, like um, like who, who knows a lot about plants, they're healers, they're like really involved in their community, taking care of the the elder people and maybe our midwives. And like, I that's my line of witches, you know, like the, the one that they were burning back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. So what was important then when you're tackling the sequel to the book? What was important in terms of expanding the world? I I really wanted to introduce the coven, you know, mm-hmm. like all the witches that work together. And I really liked the idea of this group of, of old ladies and um, uh, trying to... Uh, trying to bring more like balance into the crazy world that is New York, that is our world. I was about to say New York, it's everywhere the same, you know, like the peace circle that they're making all together, trying to rebalance this craziness. I mean, that's, that was important to me to show that, um, you know, a little bit like the, the Buddhists are like talking about, you know, them, our meditation session are like just there to, to, to bring balance in the world. So I really wanted to introduce that. And um, and I had that idea for 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 you know um, because the the old plot about like the two statues it's really like um, I think it's on Carol I don't remember now it's Carol Street and Sixth Ave I believe mm-hmm. if you if you drive by you will see where the idea come from and uh, <laughs> and I, and I really wanted to place that I mean to 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 work around that. I do love we're looking at some of the pages here on the video show if you're listening later. And I do love that the old ladies all look like people that I probably saw walking <laughs> around Brooklyn earlier today. Were you basing these people on life at all? Was there anybody you pulled from in either your real life or people you saw walking mm-hmm. around? No, not just one person. I mean, it comes from definitely like what I can observe. I, I That's probably one of my favorite, favorite thing to do in life is just sit at a cafe, sit somewhere and watch people. Mm. And Brooklyn is the best place in the world. I mean, one of the best places in the world to do that. It's just like best TV ever for me. Like, look at <laughs> it. I love it. So yeah, I, I sketch, I take notes. I, um, yep. Was it difficult? Is it difficult at all to channel the idea of Brooklyn now that you don't live there at all? Um. But in the third book, I'm taking a fee out of Brooklyn to summer camp. Mm. Ah, but, there it is. <laughs> but I'm not that far. And now that the COVID will leave his level, will count yeah. down, I'll be able to go back more often. But no, I think, I mean, I'm in love with Brooklyn. You know, when you're in love with something, with someone, it's it's there, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I, I um, obviously I will need to... I mean, it's, it's less easy to get the reference, you know, to, to draw a place. I will have to go back. But yeah, yeah. but the story will still happen in Brooklyn and uh, and I will go back and forth Brooklyn forever. Uh, I did want to point out a uh, <laughs> comment here in the comments on Crowdcast from mm-hmm. Liwana Nananana says, I also love that they're old ladies and not entirely trendy young teens. Was there any hesitance either on your or Random House's part to be like, oh, we're going to do a YA novel that's mostly about old ladies. 
and no, that came from me, in fact. But uh, I mean, ran, the Random House team, if I can do the parenthesis here, you guys are amazing. <laughs> so incredible. And I feel extraordinarily lucky to work with these people. Cool. Uh, but no, the old lady was my idea because uh, but that's something that I'm kind of annoyed with is that these days, you know, old age equals to like basically like, uh, um, I don't know, but nobody talk about old people. Old people are not cool. You know, it's like it's all about being young, being like beautiful, gorgeous. And uh, it's like, yeah, we're putting like being young on the t- at the top of the mountain when really... Old people are amazing. Well, and agreed. And, uh, as <laughs> yes, uh, we're aging... all going there, so they better be exactly. Yeah, exactly. Are very close. Like very close. Of amazing old people that are still lively and making jokes. Yeah. That you want to hang out with. I, I also agreed. feel like a lot of a lot of the fiction I grew up reading, like the older people were the sort of the secret keepers or the ways that the young characters got into uh-huh. the older world or the the magical world. That is so like. I feel like to not, I love that you bring the older characters forward. It really, it makes much more sense to have them know more about magic because they know more about everything. Since this is the kickoff, official kickoff of spooky season, though, if you look at like Starbucks, they've been doing it since mid-August or so. Uh, I did want to ask you, what is your best, yeah, Starbucks slam. Takedown. Slipped it right in there. That's it. (laughs) Starbucks is like, well, gonna fold up my coffee put it in my briefcase and we wake up. up tomorrow and they're all just empty store they're gods they're like we heard your podcast and we're bummed out i don't know how spooky starbucks has been i feel like you're talking about pumpkin spice i am talking about to... pumpkin spice <laughs> they're, 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 very, they're pretty ease up on the spooky stuff yeah i think we went a little far afield here but to get back to it sophie what is your best halloween tip like what do you like to do on halloween or what's a good thing for Halloween. What I like to do on Halloween, that's a tricky one, you know, because I didn't grow up with Halloween. So my mm. Halloweens are kind of more recent and like linked with my kids. So, um, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm crazy about peanut butter cups. That's something that has to be <laughs> Halloween. That's, that's something that I discovered when I moved to the States. I was just like, oh my God, why <laughs> nobody told me about that before? It's <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's our best kept secret in America. Yeah, that's right. right? Like, really. Reese's peanut butter cups. But no, just like putting on, you know, working on our costume with the kids. That's pretty fun. Brainstorming what you're going to wear, mm-hmm. makeup, hair dye, all the craziness. And where, where did you say you live now? Do you live in, you live in Canada? In Montreal. Montreal. Oh, great Montreal. town. How's yeah. Halloween up there? Is that uh, as much of a... I don't know yet because last <laughs> time... <laughs> first. Oh, of course, because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But well, I, I will go. to tell you that. Let's let's meet up again in two months, and then. And All right, absolutely. Great, great. We'll just check back in real quick. Check yeah. in about Halloween in Montreal, and then we'll let you go. <laughs> uh, what else? So you're working on the third book. What else do you want to plug, if anything? Um, so I'm working on the third book, and hopefully, I'll keep on making them as as long yeah. as the readers are reading them. And um, let's chat out about the Derby Daredevil. Uh, from Kit Rosewater, Rosewater, sorry about that, Kit. Kit yeah. Rosewater. I illustrated that series a couple of months ago, and it's really cool. And uh, yeah, that's it. And keep reading graphic novel, people, because graphic novels are amazing. It's the best storytelling medium ever. Uh, we agree here. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sophie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank uh, you. Happy Advanced thank Halloween, you. and congrats on the book. Keep up the great work. We love them. Great to meet you. All right. Uh, once again, that was Sophie Escabase, and the book is Witches of Brooklyn. What the heck? It's in stores everywhere right now from Random House Graphic Novels and is a perfect all-ages gift for I Halloween. mean, it's such a great idea. I mean, grandmas are so hot right now. You know, combine that with witches. It's just, a, it's a fantastic uh, book. It's so much fun, and you get to kind of see Brooklyn and uh, fun old people in such a great way. I think she's and, killing it. Just so we're clear, Pete, uh, we, uh, the books that we've reviewed lately, you just love a grandma uh, in an action sequence. When you say grandmas are so hot right now, we know um, exactly what you yeah, mean. Yeah, we they're know popular. what you mean. I'd also like to point out your real-life girlfriend uh, in the comments here was like, can't wait to be a crone, and I assume that's to continue your relationship, right? Pete? What? I don't know. What because then she'll don't be make a things grandma weird, then. man. Don't make things weird. <laughs> I mean, always. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't we move on to our next guest here? I'll invite him into the stream. He is the creator of Lugosi, The Rise and Fall of Hollywood's Dracula. His name's Corin Shadmi. Corin, welcome back to the show. Good to see you again. Hello. How are you? Hello. Uh, can, can you, you hear can us? You hear me? Yeah. Yes, can we can hear you. I think there's like a little bit of a delay there. This is okay. a very slight, but. Got it. Uh, good to have you here. Good talking about Lugosi. This is your second second biography, right? Or at least the, the second one we've talked to you about. We had you on to yeah. talk about your Rod Serling biography, and now you're on to yeah. Lugosi. What was appealing about Bela Lugosi in particular as a follow-up to Rod Serling? Well, it was, uh, you know, it was hard to follow uh, Rod Serling up because he had such an incredible life. But uh, I think Lugosi also was someone that just lived a crazy life. Um, they were very different people, but uh, he was just this really uh, over-the-top, um, you know, romantic European-type person. Uh, if you've ever seen him in the movies, you know... You know, maybe Dracula is actually not the best example, but if you see some of the other movies, he's always like gives 190% and he's just like very dramatic. And that was also his life. He was just like, you know, big spender, big lover, had, you know, many wives, um, you know, had many ups and downs in his career and also, um, you know, substance abuse problems back in the day, which is impressive that all the way back then was able to do that um but uh it's a great life story and you know i was just attracted to the drama of it so it was just like perfect for for a biographical graphic novel what is it about these older stars though that particularly draws you in um it's hard to tell i think there's like almost like a magic about it where you know, they're not around anymore. Uh, they're encapsulated in film. They're just uh, legendary. There's like, you know, this Lugosi was the first person to p- portray on sc- on screen the character of Count Dracula. There was no one else before him. And uh, he helped establish this this character. He like, you know, everybody knows the the kind of staple of the, the, the Count with the accent and the widow's peak that was Lugosi, he helped create it. So there's just like, if you go back, you know, and you dig back in the past, you can see the sources of a lot of things. And I feel like, you know, of course there's things before him, there's Nosferatu, there's other stuff, but uh, in a sense he was the first, um, and it was one of the first uh, Hollywood, um, if not the first Hollywood supernatural movie, I don't quote me about that, but kind of important part of uh, film history. Hmm. I also feel like actors back then came from such different lifestyles. It wasn't as much of a, a the way it is now where it feels like you're sort of groomed from a young age to become an actor. So people's life experience was wildly different, both on the front end. And because of that, they were like, I'm going to live however I want. I don't need to be beholden to any of this stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm going to live Totally, hard. totally. I mean, we, you know, the thing today, I think that you see actors and most of them are like, you know, on this health regimen and drinking their like smoothies with like greens and all that stuff. And back then it was, um, especially for the men, I think they were just kind of like, well, I'm going to live this, you know, manly life and I'm going to drink, you know, alcohol for breakfast and uh, smoke (laughs) cigars. And that's just what it's supposed to be to be a man. And, you know, that's why a lot of them looked like pretty, uh, pretty weathered by the time they were like 15 um, it only enhances the role the performance right if you're right. gonna look like uh, you're gonna look like death uh yeah, you better we, live we hard saw, to get there. me and my wife saw a movie with humphrey bogart um, um a few months ago and i was like how old is he here like 60 or 70 and he was like 45 so oh. um you know but lugosi actually i feel like he he was very he was actually like fairly healthy uh for the most part, he was kind of a man of contradiction. He exercised a lot and uh, went on hikes. And so, was, you know, at the same time, he, he drank a lot and other stuff. So, What kind of research was involved in putting this together? Where did you have to dig into to find info for the book? Um, well, I just read every biography that I could get my hands on. And, um, you know, I just... Uh, found uh, there was also a website called the Bela Lugosi blog that collected all the old um, 
newspapers and interviews and, and oh, stuff wow. like that. So oh, uh, awesome. it was just uh, um, a lot of that. And also I had to just watch a lot of his movies because I wasn't f- familiar with the the whole um, oeuvre of his, his work. So, uh, and he did, I didn't watch all 99 of them, but uh, uh, I watched a good amount. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I got to think a lot of those back then are maybe <laughs> rough watch. These days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, some of them, you know, he had his low points and, you know, there's some movies where he's like, you know, chasing gorillas with a whip and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm watching this one, uh, but I definitely, I definitely watch the classics and the classics are amazing. So whoever, and I mentioned the ones that I thought were important or the ones that I love in the book, there's actually like, almost like clips from them. And so I think that whoever reads the book, maybe it'll be a good entry point for for watching those uh, those movies, like The Black Cat, which is just a lot of fun. And, and a lot of the, I think a lot of the ones that he's facing off against Boris Karloff were really fun. Uh, there's a couple of people in the comments here, and I feel like this is something um, I've heard before and also about um, the Nosferatu movie. Um, people are like, that guy's a real vampire. Uh, the the guy from Nosferatu and Bela Lugosi, like those guys are real vampires. What did you encounter that while you were working on this book? And can you tell us if he was? Yeah. Well, um, you know, he's right behind me, so I can't. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I but, knew uh, it. There, there's, you know, there, there, no, definitely not. He was born technically in Transylvania, which is kind of interesting. Suspect. Oh! That's a big clue. Yeah. That's a big That's clue. A yes. The vampire That's a yes. But, uh, you know, and, and the thing that was really funny is that he kind of embraced um, that persona. So uh, they wrote about his house that it was full of, you know, like his coffee table was shaped like a coffin. And he had like an inkwell that was like, a, um, you know, a skull. And you went in there and like everything was was draped in, in giant velvet um, curtains. So. And he kind of hated, like, he would wake up late in the day. So there's some stuff that's a little, yeah. you know. You know, but... you started with no, and you're walking toward yes. <laughs> yeah. Really he did it like but... garlic. He was afraid yeah. of crosses. Unfortunately, no. He was, you know, he would still be with us if it wasn't, you know, if he was. But, um, <laughs> I mean, who, no. who's to say he isn't? Who's, who's to, say? to say? Yeah. yeah exactly. Somebody yeah. check the coffee table. Maybe the, the glass yeah. is just really heavy on top of it. Do you yeah. find at all, while you're researching these books, while you're looking into them, that you find, I hesitate to use this word, but you find some sort of character in that person's life who suddenly becomes as interesting as the person you're working on? Like, you're doing a Rod Serling book and suddenly this other person that interacted with Rod Serling is like, oh, that would be yeah. another great subject. Um, not so much with him. Uh, I'm researching something else now where one of the characters is turning out to be kind of very interesting. But what was kind of interesting in the Lugosi book was the whole history of, of horror film. Uh, mm-hmm. So I found out about the universal, kind of the story of the universal horror movies. And uh, that was really interesting. And and how, you know, it was Carl Lemley and Carl Lemley Jr. He basically made his son the head of the studio and his son drove the studio to the ground, made these like really expensive movies and mm-hmm. they ended up being booted out of their own studio. So I was like, wow, there's a whole story there. Um, mm. So, yeah, you find out a lot of, you know, things about the world that the character exists in. Well, speaking of the Universal Monsters, I mean, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm curious to get your input. Universal keeps trying to bring it back. They keep trying to be like, okay, here we go. We're launching this whole universe of our classic. Everybody loves these monsters. We're going to go crazy with these monsters. Here we go. It's a dark universe of characters, and it never works. It never takes off. Why do you think that is? um it's a good question i i I mean they're all like i i haven't watched them because they're all Mm. god awful so i mean (laughs) here they are uh but was that do you know if the mummy that was in the 90s with brandon Mm. fraser was that universal yeah because that was kind of good yeah that was great and i think they tried to launch a whole franchise off of the Mummy. They even yeah. you know, got to the third one. They had the Scorpion King spinoff with the Rock. Yes, oh, the Rock. Yeah. yeah, but none of that stuff has worked. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that they again they work in their own kind of old film world, and they don't seem to translate very well. 
um, you know, to the contemporary times. And I think someone should take on, you know, the challenge of, of taking Dracula and updating him, um, you know, but so far, you know, that hasn't happened. I mean, I feel like a lot of those monsters, the things that were scary about them don't scare us anymore because we've mm-hmm. just heard it too much. It's yeah. like a mummy is just like, I don't know, all the bandages, slow moving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think like... the one exception, you got to find, and, and this is really hard to do, but I don't know if you guys saw the recent Invisible Man movie, but they found a really good metaphor was, there. Like that was very good. Yeah. 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 Which is great. Yes, and I think the same guy is doing a Wolfman movie, maybe. Mm-hmm. So again, if you could find that level of resonance for the modern day, potentially it could work. Yeah. I think it was, it was updated in a really good way. Um, and cause it was, had that level of paranoia and surveillance and all these things. Um, and, uh, and I think that you have to be smart about it. Um, and, and kind of adjust it to that, to, to, to our current times for it to work. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if the bandages were like very fashionable or yeah. uh, <laughs> like that's the real prison. Right. Line. Instead of bandages, maybe they were like TikToks or something. Right. Oh, that's, oh. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I just like hearing and, you say TikTok. Yeah. A lot more dance. I just had to explain to my three-year-old what, what a mummy is. I have to explain to him <laughs> all the monsters and he's just like really into it, but it's very hard to, because you're like, you you know, you have to stop at some point because you're like, well, it was like a dead person embalmed. And, yeah. and so buried. they took the organs out of the dead yeah. king and, 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 then my wife and like, replaced them with a cat. Yeah. Was it? No, I mean, they didn't put the cat inside of the body, but they removed oh, right. the yeah, organs they and then them bur- the, buried them yeah. with their cat. Yeah. 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 There you go. I'm, this is your next book. That's not that book. weird. That's not that weird. You'd yeah. be buried with your cat? Well, I want to be buried with uh, my Pete's fellow cat? hosts. No, yeah, I want to be buried with Pete's cat. Weird request. Uh, but you have to do it if I die first, but I'm the youngest. Let's not forget. Okay. Oh, uh, Corey, now that you have tackled, I mean, you said you're working on something else. I don't know how much you can tease about it, but is it another classic film or TV star, or are you moving more into the modern day, potentially? Um, there is um, a book that I'm wrapping up now who's, that was written by uh, Dave Kushner, who is a, a tech writer um, and gaming writer. And it's uh, about um, Nolan Bushnell and, um, and uh, Ralph Baer, who are the, basically the creators of video games. So oh, uh, that's cool. not, yeah, they had sort of a, a feud and it's really like, you know, it's kind of like about the question of who really created video games. So um that's fun and it it takes place it's a little more com- contemporary it's like the the 60s and the 70s so um, awesome. so that a lot of bell awesome. bo- a lot of bell bottoms and uh disco balls and and nerds in the garages that's i'm down with most of that stuff so uh corin good seeing you again thank you so much for coming on oh wait before we let you go i want to ask you the same question we asked sophie best halloween tip Mm. um again like my son's really young so we're just he's getting started with all this stuff um i don't really you know i would say that as a parent and you don't have a lot of time uh, try to push your son to like be a robot because that's the easiest costume to make. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's worked last year. So, all right. That's a great be, tip. Be a robot. Be a robot. Yeah. Be a Another robot. robot. Awesome. A better robot. Some boxes, some Amazon boxes, and some spray paint. You're, Perfect. You're good to go. Great tip. Corin, thank you so much for coming on. Good seeing you. Have a good night. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye. See ya. All right. Once again, that is Corin Chadmi. The book is called Lugosi The Rise and Fall of Hollywood's Dracula. It's out now from sounds interesting uh yes so definitely check it out and folks we're going to move on with our next section which is my favorite section because you all make it up it is your audience question and for audience questions i see a bunch of you have already done this but if you want to drop a question ask a question here on crowdcast or in the comments over on youtube i'll keep an eye on those but first before we get into that it is time to pay some bills thanks to pay the piper Thanks to this week's sponsor, Manscaped. Autumn is in the air. And the pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants, pumpkins, when you're grooming. 
You know yes, what I'm saying? Pants pumpkins. I, that's the way I, that my mm-hmm. doctor refers to my uh, testicles. When you're getting older, you got to get your pants pumpkins tested. Uh, right, Pete? Sure. Thanks. Uh, make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders of Mal Grooming and the brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys! Hey, boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Now, in this package, you're going to get a cornucopia of it, Oh, way oh, to wow. move so quickly past Halloween into Thanksgiving. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're going to find a couple of presents under your tree. Nope, that's too <laughs> far. <laughs> too far. Uh, yes, I mean, you're going to get so many things. And perfect for looks like all of the things in the performance package came out of their hole, and now there's going to be six more weeks of winter. Oh, boy. <laughs> he, Justin just left on that bit. He was like, you know what? I'm not no going to do this anymore. I'm not well, he feels this. very strongly about Puxitani Phil, so. Yeah, you know. he is a huge Phil guy. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, never mind. That's stupid. Uh, great. <laughs> Oh, what a brief escape, terrifying escape from <laughs> uh, So, yes, again, there's a couple of things you're going to get in this package. You're going to get the Lawnmower 4.0 that Pete loves. You're going to get the Weed Whacker that's going to take care of your nose and ears, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, uh, and what else? There was something else. Oh, you're going to get a travel bag. That's right. Yeah, hold it all. Yes. There you go. Twenty percent uh, off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. This is the season. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And to be clear, we're talking about your space balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Pete's favorite Just wanted part. to throw that in there. Thanks. Now, Before the show, Pete was like, of oh, the ads changing? That part always made me smile. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath his facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Caped Crusader in Batman The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max. Starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums, this rollicking adventure, told across 10 episodes, is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNicholas, includes devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossy, and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Leguizamo, Chris Prunell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Myers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. Go to hbomax.com slash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman the Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. So we got a couple of questions here. I'll also mention we mentioned this at the end of the show, but I want to throw this in here. If you want to leave us a question in the iTunes comments on our podcast, we will read that on the show if you're not able to make the live show Um, or leave us a book. Absolutely. Any book you want us to review again, in the iTunes comments, not just like no war and peace, any book war and peace, uh, Anna Karenina, the Bible, the Bible, literally any book. We will read it and review it on the show, but let's get to the ones that are here right now. We got one from Nat Townsend. Well, let's we should talk briefly. Oh yes. Oh, we got to talk about our beer. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many Please. things. So many things yeah. going on. So this is the kickoff of Oktoberfest, and our amazing, amazing CBC chef, Brett Macris, provided us with a beer uh, to drink. On, a giant know, beer. Enormous, as big as our head. Yeah. This is a, an oil drum say, of like, alcohol. I, I uh, you know, came home uh, from the hospital, and they're waiting for me. Uh, in the mail was a giant beer and I've never felt so loved. It was really just a beautiful moment. I love that, that you casually dropped the, <laughs> you dropped the hospital. <laughs> now, no but you know we have to ask a follow-up about that. And it's weird that you said that without saying why. So please tell us what you were doing, what you were manscaping at the hospital. 
Uh, oh, I had, uh, I'm 45 years old, so I had to go for my colonoscopy. You know, you got to check things, make sure they're uh, up uh, up to speed and running well. So, uh, And I, that, Pete, I know before you go any further, I asked the doctor to send me the results um, before you. Uh, so I'll let you know if any, everything's ship shape. Yeah, I'm just, uh, the results, it's a little bit of a thanks. tease. We're going to reveal Pete's results on our stack yeah. podcast that rolls out Wednesday night again oh, in the comic book club feed. It's a horrible idea. But I just want to say, Brett Macris, you are a mensch. And uh, thank you for sending somebody a beer in the mail, a giant beer. Uh, yeah. it was a, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing yeah. to do for somebody. Your, Pete's space prostate thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> Just to read a couple of notes about this beer, though, because Brett sent some very detailed notes about it. It is a from a brewery owned by a good friend of his in New Orleans, just a few blocks from his house. The brewery is called Brew Carré. Um, oh, and great. he wrote out, this is very nice, Brett, wrote out the pronunciation for me because he noted, because Alex is not good with pronouncing New Orleans names, which is true. Not just New Orleans, Brett. Almost yeah. all out Also of the word piano that bothers Pete a lot for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, a play on Vous Carré, uh, which is the traditional name for the French Quarter, meaning Old Quarter. This is specifically a fest beer which is what they now traditionally serve in Germany during Oktoberfest. Yeah. Since Oktoberfest was canceled again this year, he thought it would be fun to celebrate this week's drink with the CBC Slack Drinkers, uh, which I know a couple of folks are drinking fest beers and other Oktoberfest beers. Now, continues, says, but official CBC chef Brett Macris aren't Marzins, the traditional beer of Oktoberfest, you may ask. Not anymore. The original Oktoberfest was more like a dunkel, but then in the mid-1800s, Darker they made it beer. lighter in ABV and an easier drinking beer with more caramel notes, which I'm definitely getting off this. I don't know if you guys, but like there's I, a really this beer good. Is excellent. So I great. really appreciate it. And fortunately I get a lot of chances to taste it. <laughs> this this uh, is a strong leader. Yes. And so these have more malt so you can session all day. Then in the 1970s, the trend turned towards even lighter beers, but still easy drinking with malty notes and balanced hops. So people could session even longer. All of them are traditional lagers and all of them are great for celebrating Oktoberfest at Brew Carré. They name all their beers and this one is called Trust Us, We're Prostfessionals. A play on the Prost, German version. Prost fashion. Okay. He didn't write that Prost. one. Out. How was I Prost. supposed to know? I, you, that's how you say it. Prost. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a play on the German version of saying cheers, which is Prost. Prost. And I, I'm wearing the uh, traditional hosen. Oh, he said hosen. That I oh, bought when awesome. I went to Munich Oktoberfest like eight or nine years ago for wow. uh, a friend of the pod, John Gabers's bachelor oh, party. Oh, wow. How we, drunk did you get? Uh, strongly drunk, drank many, many, I, many liters Stood, went to the tent, stood on the tables, uh, did my best to take a leader down. Um, wow. It was truly a blast. Definitely worth doing once it comes back. Wow. And thank you, Edward Doherty. Still fits. It does still fit. Similarly, I'm drinking out of a uh, the 59 glass provided to me by Sci-Fi for the show Resident Alien. So, like, it's a very similar story. Well, Makes sense. That has nothing. You're just both. Yeah. Both lived experiences Alex and I had just now. <laughs> uh, I did. I did want to say that this uh, beer is very delicious. It's uh, more complex than a light beer, a light American beer, but the drinkability is very enjoyable. Uh, I could, uh, I could enjoy a bunch of these, and uh, I think it's just a fantastic beer. Straight yeah. shout out how we can get more a brew carré. Um, is it uh, we can we order it online? Is it do we have to go to uh, New Orleans and, and get some on our own? Uh, oh, brew. Carré.com, B-R-I-E-U-X-C-A-R-R-E.com. Check it out there. Highly Check recommended as Def. we continue to pivot into a drinking and food podcast. All yes! Right. Let's get back to comic books. Let's get back to comic books. This is from Nat Townsend. Do any of you dare attend Comic-Con in person? What's the deal with NY Comic-Con this year? So this is happening this weekend and this is a thing that legitimately i've been wrestling with for the past couple of days because i have a pass to comic-con they are Flex. making sure everybody is vaccinated which is great so you have to check in beforehand so that's cool but i'm still like very iffy on the idea of it honestly now it's asking in the comments give me your pass alex <laughs> <laughs> i think his question was a loaded one i mean i i get it it's it's a tough call this year this 
running up, run up till the end of this year is uh, tough for all events. It feels in some cases, in some ways like, Oh, we're close. We can do normal stuff. But in other ways it's like, ah, it feels like we're not. So it's dicey. I don't begrudge anyone either way. It's all about uh, the sort of accepted risk you want to take. Um, I am not going, but only cause I have to be out of town um, this weekend. I feel like I would go um, if I was in town. I'm definitely curious to check it out just to see what the crowds are like, given everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, maybe it's lighter. You can go around and see exactly. a lot more. It was just very weird to me, like, a month ago when I got an invitation to a cocktail party at New York Comic Con, where I was like, are we doing this? Really? Is that the sort of thing that's happening right now? But, I don't well, know. I- can you I also tell think... a story without like flexing on us. Is it possible? No. Can you get one out? <laughs> that was not a flex. That was You're like uh, I was know. invited to a cocktail party because I'm a fancy person. Yeah, that was the implication. What's your? What are you getting? What are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if you just tell uh, a story. I, I also think there's some, uh, you know, we the hesitancy we have. I think is a lot about like this feels weird, but in many cases, I don't think I don't know if it is anymore. Like we are doing a mm-hmm. lot of other things, so. The yeah. feeling may not match up with the actual, um, you know, logistics of it, if that makes sense. Uh, yes. Yeah. Edward is uh, razzing me here in the comments. So uh, I'm not going to have any of it. You know what? Edward, wow. you're canceled. I'm going to kick you out. Wow. Of show. <laughs> Come on. Don't do that. Edward. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but like you're saying, anybody who wants to go to your Comic-Con, obviously, please do be safe, be respectful of other people. Uh, all good. Let's move to a question here over on YouTube from Nelson Martinez. How long would you guys last if you're trapped in Squid Game? And also overall thoughts on the show itself. Have you guys watched the uh, international sensation? Well, I mean... I don't think I could do it now as well, but if I was a little younger, I mean, because we were the last ones to grow up on those kind of old, uh, you know, kind of games like dodgeball and shit like that. So I feel like, uh, you know, uh, I would I would be able to do all right. But, uh, you know, when your life's on the line, that's a different story. Uh, Pete, have you you've watched all of Squid Game? I haven't seen one episode. It's like the movie Dodgeball, like you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> and they hit you in that with wrenches. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I am in the midst of Squid Game. Literally, right before we started this uh, show, I finished the, the landmark sixth episode of the, sh- of the series, which is very good. The show is... It's uh, hard to watch, and it's like... Uh, it's fucked up. It's will fuck you up. S- and save it's it for Week and Geek, guy. No, it's fine. Uh, I will, but this is a question. Show. Okay. But I, I really enjoy the show. It, how long would I last? I mean, it, a lot of it is random. I feel like I am someone who I'm like, oh, we're doing this game. I would be like, I'm going to try to win this game, yeah. uh, despite the circumstances. I so love games. I do love a game. Um, I feel like I would do do decent, but also it's really easy to make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably do terribly in Squid Game. Just <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> die pretty much straight off that is that's my general mo with any oh well how would you fare in the show where everybody dies i'd be like well i'd die die die. well but alex you're like you're like number one you're like Mm -hmm. zero zero one so i would be i would oh because i'm so old i would be the four (laughs) five six to take care of you oh thank you very much i really appreciate that (laughs) uh yeah i i was the question also Overall thoughts on the show. Okay. Uh, I So I did watch all of it. I thought it was very good. Very well done. Uh, production design is great. The acting yeah. is really good. I'm not 100% sure why it's the number one show in the world and everybody's talking and buzzing about it, other than the fact that it is the number one show in the world and everybody is buzzing and talking about it, and those things have their own gravity to them. Um, but... It's good, and it's worth seeing, and it's another good death game show. It's just there's yeah. a lot of death game shows, you know? Well, but what I like is about there? this one, uh, yeah. to Edward Doherty uh, comments here, the dubs were brutal. Yes, definitely watch it um, with subtitles if you can, because it's just and, the performance. Sorry, are just better. a little note. Yeah. The correct subtitles. It's not the yes. English closed captions. Just switch it to the defaults, and it'll give you the correct subtitles because they're translated differently. Yeah. Ooh, a little insider. Uh, nice. But I do think the show, it's just a very addicting show. They do a great job of having multiple plots happening at the same time. So you're separated you from the come brutality. Back more. 
well, you just like you're in the brutal part of it and then you move out of the brutal part. And like the the, the way they sort of manage the audience expectations is so smart. And I think smarter than other sort of death game shows uh, because they take away the brutality and then hammer you with it when they need mm-hmm. to. But yeah, overall, really good, really worth watching. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. I definitely have. We'll talk about the ending when you watch it because I have some thoughts about the episodes that you watched. I, past. Truly, I mean, I'm like I said, I just finished the sixth episode. I can't imagine how they're going to end this in a way that doesn't fuck me up. Yeah. Oh. Good stuff. All right, this is from Trey Bullet. In regards to Witches of Brooklyn, since Brooklyn is for witches, what classic monsters would occupy the other boroughs? Ooh, Ooh good question. Hmm. Vampires, Manhattan, probably. Okay. And like so, uh, Blade? Strong Blade vibes there? Staten yeah. Island would be like Merman or something? No, Frankenstein, straight up, lumbering around, knocking into yeah. stuff, being really Well, that would be a mummy. Fire. Hmm. No, I think of Frankenstein. Okay. So well, talking... let's lay out. Let's yeah. lay out. We got. To, let's lay out the monsters so we can um, have sure. a mature conversation. About werewolf. This. You got your werewolves. You got yep. your Frankenstein's. You got your yep. vampires. Are we yep. doing mermen. Are we doing sort of creatures, yeah, in the creatures black of the black lagoon. Creatures of the yeah. Thank creatures of the black lagoon is like Long Island. I don't know. We could just kind of leave it off. Everybody sort of forgets. Oh, Come on, I... dude. What, are you, what, you're, what? Back, you're back in the merman? Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just saying, yeah. like, they're off to the side doing whatever they're doing. They're the ones everybody always forgets. Oh, uh, what else? Uh, what else? What? Any other monsters? No, I think that's pretty much Invisible Jesus. Man. Do we say Invisible Man? That feels very Manhattan to me. Invisible it's... Manhattan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you said that, isn't it? That's why I said it. Is why I said <laughs> yep. I still think vampires, vampires, because they're... You just exposed yourself. Blah. They're, you know, they're suave. They got a lot going on. They're into money. I guess I'm thinking downtown Manhattan versus, like, uptown Manhattan. What? Well, you got your downtown vampires and your up, uptown invisible mans. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Staten Island is for Frankenstein's. We've established that. Witches are for Brooklyn. Queens is... What do we have left? Uh, werewolves, werewolves, and mummies. Uh, I think mummies, mummies, uh, mummies and queens. There's queens? a strong, like, diverse ethnic vibe going on in Queens and <laughs> great mummies. Egyptian food. Great yeah, Egyptian food. Yeah. So, the Brogs, Brogs is werewolves. Uh, okay. I, I mean, the Bronx could easily be merman. There's a lot of coastline up in the Bronx. There's a sure, lot of that's true. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, the merman could be uh, rocking up there on City <laughs> Island. Juan Anana says here, cool, I'm excited for you guys to get canceled. Yeah, we're really, like, skirting some dicey territory here, to be honest. Well, I, I mean, lightly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Uh, great. All right. This is from Josh, favorite classic monster. Getting a strong theme here. Hmm. Of the classic uh, Universal monsters, or just classic monsters. I mean, I gotta Expand go Godzilla if we're gonna do. You know, if we're gonna go. You know, mm-hmm. see, have you learned nothing that Godzilla is a gentle soul? Yeah, I know. That's why I love Godzilla. So why would you call him a monster, or well, him or her? Uh, yeah, people refer to Godzilla as a monster, and it's a you know. But I'm not, I don't consider Godzilla a monster. My favorite classic monster is the scientists who torture Godzilla. <laughs> wow. The humans. You, you, well, you are the really... scientist. Mm-hmm. I guess Dr. Frankenstein. Is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was am doing it. Alex, am I doing that right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, werewolves have always been my favorite mm-hmm. of the sort of the idea of like transforming at night, trying to maintain a solid daytime life while at yeah. nighttime really wanna, speaks to yeah, me. Yeah. I, werewolves, honestly, I think are the only ones of the classic monsters who are legitimately scary. Like they vampires are just sort of slow moving what? and whatever, whatever's going on with them. Didn't you see blade man? They're pretty fast. Well, you know, it's crazy to me that mummies ever got put in as like this scary thing because it's sort of like a little bit of a history lesson 
mm-hmm. really. But like, <laughs> what what person was like? We got to get these mummies in. They're from yeah. uh, a couple of rich uh, pharaohs from Egypt got buried in bandages. So let's yeah. make sure we, everyone knows them. about them. Yeah, I mean, it worked for the mummy, but that's a kind of a different thing. So, yeah, uh, this is from Ben the Border Collie. Venom has got to be disgustingly sticky, right? Who is the most unexpected sticky comic book character? Ooh, unexpectedly sticky? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of comic book characters are moist. Mm-hmm. They're covered in spandex. Sure. They're... I worry about Spider-Man all the time. He has so much stuff going on in his costume and smells disgusting, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, I let a lot of shit. Let me just shout out a couple in the comments. The thing, I mean, he's very dry, but maybe mm-hmm. not, says Nat Towson. Which I agree. What is the actual composition of thing? Is it like a a hardened? It's rock. A hardened rock, or but there's warmth. It's like a warm rock, and there's got to be some. It's not lava. Like some sort of warm rock treatment. Like you just kind of lay them on you and get a real nice like Reiki. Mm -hmm. He's like a human Reiki treatment. Oh yeah, wow. Uh, Groot is all sticky. Says Kevin, and I get that because you know sap. You think Groot's just dripping Mm. sap all the time? He's making a different joke there. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not making that joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, hmm. But who's who's sticky? I mean, Swamp Thing is not going to yeah. be someone you want to touch. Like he's yeah, just gross and slick and dripping all over the place. Also, John Constantine. I'll throw that out there too. What? I don't know. He's probably sticky. Very, probably very sticky. Well, he's maybe sweaty. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite funny take on monsters? Be it so many of the same. Okay, uh, monsters be it comics, films, TV, serial, whatever. Favorite favorite funny take monster. serial. Yeah, funny monster. Your, you're like Count Chocula. Is that I, every time I go Blue into the serial? Great. Yeah, and I see that I just bust a cat. I cannot mm-hmm. stop laughing. Like, what's going on, Frank and Barry? Uh, Frank and Barry. Yeah. Did they did they sew together a bunch of different berries to make mm-hmm. the ultimate uh, horrifying berry? I mean, no. my real answer here is the TV show What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Just like crushing, if you're watching this current season, super funny take on vampires in Staten Island, which makes a lot of sense. There you go. Mm-hmm. For our earlier question. Uh, from Jay Citizen, Munsters or Adams Family? Oh, one hundred percent Adams family on my end, no Ooh. question in my mind. I never got the monsters. What you you never got it? I didn't get you. It. I mean, you get it, right? No, I mean, I get what it is, but I saw it and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. They're all different monsters. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I think, I think you do get it out. The staircase was fun. monsters. Yeah, but how did they become yeah, a family? Yeah. It doesn't. Make, it's nonsense. Uh, versus the Adams family. <laughs> I mean, I. I read the original yep. Charles Adams cartoons, the the oh. comics that he would do in the New Yorker. I was you very know, into those as a child. Pete's always busting your balls for flexing, but this is where I have to stop the bus <laughs> here. You. When Thank you're you. you're trying to drop the original uh, cartoon, the ancient originals. I have them in the bookcase right over there. Yeah. I can grab them. I, I know, I know. If you, you want do, me to it's, read it's you good. a couple, I'm just they're saying, much darker try- than the modern movies. Yeah, you're right. I might not be able to handle it, Alex. Please don't read those aloud. Please don't do it. Don't do it, Alex. I, I don't know if I can handle it. Um, Monsters is what I watched when I uh, watched the of these two things. So I get the Adams family has sort of the um, the darker take, but Uncle Fester, I don't know how dark he is. <laughs> Alex, Pete, what about you? I assume you're going to go for Monsters as well. Yeah, I leaned a little bit more uh, monsters, but uh, I appreciate a lot of the Adams family. You know what I mean? Like uh, that uh, Wednesday meme, you know, of her getting down is just great. I mean, that's a that's a good time. Well, I think the Adams family has won the cultural war here. Mm-hmm. We're doing more of that as a people, and the monsters have fallen to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And monsters is actually a different way of saying monsters. I don't know if you've. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't notice that. We got one last one here from Edward Doherty. For Halloween this year, could you each dress as another CBC host? (laughs) Uh, Uh, Aren't we all sort of always doing that? Yeah, we're kind of always playing as each other at this point. (laughs) As we all sip our giant beers. Here, real quick. Just everybody. One, two, three. 
I was uh, Alex. I was Alex when I was doing uh, that. I was Pete. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's nice. not playing. Not it. Thanks for thanks for committing. Yeah, um, yeah I'll go. Uh, let's. I'll go in as Pete for Halloween. Yeah. Pete, I just need to. I just need to talk to you about your prostate experience, and that's what I'm gonna. That's my costume. Oh, great! <laughs> I'm gonna go as Pete during his prostate exam. Wow! All right, folks, that is it for your audience questions, and now we're gonna move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're gonna turn it over to Pete LePage. All right, LePage. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win twenty five. Three dollars, excuse me, to Midtown Comics <laughs> online. Drinking a lot of beer. Drinking a lot of beer. Your um, body's under fire right now. Man. Yeah, I that's get true. It. That's true. Um, so, uh, if you would like twenty-five dollars, wait. Midtown I have a quick Comics question. Online. The Wadanada in the comments here says, "You never know, Pete is a beloved improv teacher. He teaches the the no but. Is that what you said to the doctors when you got your colonoscopy?" No but. No but. Yes and no but. <laughs> it really bothered me how much you laughed at yourself as you were saying that, Alex. <laughs> I liked where he went there, though. I appreciate it. It's not yeah, that Pete, All you had to do is not say that you went to the hospital and none of this would have happened. <laughs> you did this. You made this happen. <laughs> Great. Great. I'm glad when I open up and share things, you guys exploit that. <laughs> no, that was not it. It was, was not, not about it. sharing things. We knew about this. You inexplicably yeah, said, anything. I went to the hospital. And then you needed to explain that. That's yeah, all. We had to Great. make sure people weren't worried about you. So we, we needed to, to tell them that it was just a blood exam. I would like that you were having a special blood exam. I would like $25. Any of yeah, those just say hand up, raise your hand, no butt, whatever you want to put in the comments there, and we will bring you into the stream, and you will win $25 to Midtown Comics. Also on YouTube, same thing. If you want to say it, it'll just be a very annoying delay, but go for it. And I'll tell you what, if nobody does it, we could do it ourselves. Donate to Trip. Donate it to uh, Charity. All right. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you when you say that. Donate it to uh, Charity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Charity. Yeah, yeah. All that pausing definitely makes it seem like. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, we got. Yeah, why don't you step up? Yeah, here, I'm going to just invite Nat into the street, whether he wants to or not. Oh, nice. This is good. He could be boiling any oh, number Oh, Nat's of... gone. Nat's ah. not here. <laughs> All right. Wow. Here, I'm going to choose for real a charity that we're going to do today, too, because nobody has raised their hand. Pete, Justin and I are on. We're going to find a cool charity to give this to, so ask us some questions. All right, great. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend, Alan Coulter. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one to Justin and Alex. What is the name of the new Daredevil arc starting December 1st? Is it A, Devil's Reign, B, baddest bad guy like ever, or is it C, Max Weinberg? So it's either A, Devil's Reign, or B, Baddest Bad Guy Like Ever. I mean, I love all the Bs in that second one answer, Alex. I don't know. Mm, the Bs were pretty good, but I'm going to say A? You want to go with A? Correct. Well, wait, we haven't oh. finished deciding yet. <laughs> yeah. A is correct. Just give us one you second. Think B? Okay, question number two. I'm leaning, I'm and Batman number 118. Batman is blank. Is it A, leaving Gotham, B, leaving the Justice Justice League, or is it C, <laughs> Courtney Cox? It's pronounced Ooh. Justin League. Okay. I, I, Courtney Cox sounds right to me. I'm going to go with they C. They have so been da- rumored to be dating. leaving Gotham, or you're completely wrong. Ooh. Interesting. B? A lot of information here. Well, it's hard. let's see. We have Courtney Cox, and then we had two okay, other Okay, question animals. number three. Starting November 3rd, Donny Cates will be writing blank. Is it A, Venom, B, Hulk, or is it C, Molly Wiener? So A, Venom, or B, Hulk? 
Mm. The way you said the C answer really makes me think. I, I'm going to go with C as well. Final answer. B, Hulk. Looks like uh, the charity doesn't win. Way to be. <laughs> Way to fucking be. Oh, All man, right. that's too bad. Kid, we can't get you that surgery you needed. <laughs> well, no, I guess that's... if somebody had raised their hand, we would have done it. I will say Midtown Comics does a great $25 surgery for whatever <laughs> child needs it. So that's where you got your colonoscopy, right, Pete? Yep. Great. <laughs> And in case you guys were wondering, we were talking about the 2001 hit, Get Well Soon. Mm. Nice. Interesting. Very on topic. Is that a little message for yourself? Yep. As we all know, tomorrow is new comic book day, except comics come out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to? Pete, kick it off with you. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to a couple things. First one is uh, Dirtbag Rapture number one. And Mm. Are You Afraid of Dark Side? Great title. Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? A couple. uh, I mean, if I can echo Pete and I'll say a couple comics came out this week that um, are coming out this week that I'm very excited about. Um, Defenders number three, um, Mm, Al Ewing uh, has been writing this book and and uh, Javier Rodriguez has been doing the art and it has been great so far. I'm very excited to see as it uh, what happens as it moves forward. And then we got a new Rick Remender book coming out. Like, how are we not talking about this? A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number one. Very excited to check that out. Uh, while we're doing a couple of books that we're looking forward to, I'm looking forward to The Nice House on the Lake from DC Comics. Mm. Perfect uh. Halloween spooky season read. And also Dark Ages from Marvel, which really oh. surprised me with the first issue from Tom Taylor. His dark, twisted take on the Marvel Universe, similar to the stuff to that he time. did over with uh, Injustice and De- Deceased. But now he's doing it mm. with a new take on the Marvel Universe. So very excited to see how that picks up. And all of those books are going to be in our stack podcast, Weird. which does roll out Wednesday, 9 a.m., both in the comic book club feed and its own dedicated stack feed, as well as the extra bonus of Pete's diagnosis this week. So that should be a lot of fun. That's going to be right. fun. I'm definitely going to drop that in the end, <laughs> <laughs> too. And that's it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Sophie Escabase for being on the show. Check out Witches of Brooklyn, What the Hex, yes, the Random House do. graphic novels. Also, Corin Shadmi. Check out Lugosi, The Rise and yeah. Fall of Hollywood's Dracula from Humanoids. Next week on the show, Leslie Julian is going to be here to talk Savage Wizard. Also, Frank Barbier from Astonishing Times and Kurt Pyers from Lost Falls are going to be here. So a big pack show should be a lot of fun. Lots of other podcasts for all you to check out. Why the cast man are why, why the, the last, cast man why the cast man or why the last man podcast rolling out Mondays very early tying into that Hulu show Marvel Vision our Marvel podcast is wrapping up what if as of tomorrow Riverdale After Dark our Riverdale podcast also Ooh. on Wednesdays Ooh. wrapping up with the finale but it'll be back in a month and a half so don't even worry about it okay, so Star Guys our Star Girl podcast rolling out every Tuesday at 9 p.m. so we got to get on that there's a new episode going up soon Patreon.com/slash/ComicBookClub to support all of these shows we do iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen and follow don't forget to leave us a question in the iTunes reviews in particular we'll read them on the show or ask us to review a book at Comic Book Live on Twitter Comic Book Club Live on Instagram ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast many more until next time good night good night